You're a little older and a lot wiser. The future is yours. Define aging on your own terms. Welcome to AARP Without Limits with your host, Mike Olander. Hello and welcome. This is AARP Without Limits, WPTF Talk Radio, disrupting aging with the power of 50,000 watts. And our podcast available anytime on demand at WPTF.com or our Facebook, AARP North Carolina. I'm your host, Mike Olander with AARP North Carolina. We've got a great show for you today, folks. Karen Brinson-Bell, the Executive Director of the State Board of Elections, joins us to talk about the new voter ID requirements that are in effect for this year, what you need to know before this year's municipal elections, and so on. But before we get to that, as always, ladies and gentlemen, our esteemed production engineer here, Mr. Jason Kong, is in the house. Jason, how you doing, my friend? Mike, I'm good, I, although I feel a little underdressed because you've, you've got the tie on today. You look very dapper and professional, and I feel very, uh, I don't know, custodial next, no, you, next to you. you. You look very good. I appreciate that. I'll take that as a compliment, though I don't know. Does that mean I'm underdressed most of the time? Or no, no, just... no, 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 no. You have a very, uh, I, I don't know how I would classify your style, but it's like a professional mixed with... It's not very uptight, I'll say that. You, well, you I appreciate that. I do vibe. have my jacket. I am wearing a suit today, folks, with a red tie. Very rarely wear a red tie. But yeah, yeah I got some. Uh, nice. I have some official business to do. Uh, I'll be at the governor's mansion, actually, later there on we today go. for a bill signing, which I'm pretty excited about. On a topic, actually, we talked about uh, some weeks ago, Jason, on this um, real unfair realtors agreements. Uh, that sometimes box uh, people who are in need of some quick money, um, winds up committing them to work with a particular realtor if they ever want to list their house. Um, the only problem is the agreements last like 40 years. <laughs> uh, fortunately, the uh, legislature um, took serious our concerns and concerns of others, including the attorney general, and they've moved and governor uh, signed a bipartisan effort in effect, and we're there to uh, celebrate it. Um, also celebrating, actually, I don't know, Jason, I wanted to ask you a bit about this. I know for some people, the North Carolina summers are something they're only too happy to let go. <laughs> um, I'm not one of those people. Personally, I like the heat. Then again, here we are in the very comfortable air-conditioned uh, 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 studios of WPTF. Um, but working outside, I know those of you listening you know, who work outside for a living you know, are cursing me right now, I'm sure, right now. You're only more than happy to get to the fall. As somebody, you grew up in Central Florida, right? That's right. Okay, so for you, what defines uh, the seasons, being that it's not so much the weather? What defines the seasons? Yeah, like in your mind, how does, like for me, you know, most people are like, oh, I've got my fall clothes and my winter yeah. clothes. And, you know, for the Northeast where I grew up, that's very much part of the culture and the market and everything else. Florida, not so much. So for you, like, are seasons relevant at all to you? Or is there just another month in the year? I mean, seasons are a much bigger thing in North Carolina compared to Florida, I'll say that. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I appreciate it a lot more as a kid. You know, it was just kind of hot and slightly a little less hot were the seasons in Florida. So now you get a little taste of everything, which I enjoy. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, you do get a bit here. And me coming from the opposite, coming from New Jersey down here, the winter's definitely shorter 
the warm months are definitely longer, and, and I appreciate that. And it's not oppressively hot. I mean, I'm saying that as we've gotten, what, how many heat waves have we had this summer where we're hitting triple digits in Fayetteville and the Triangle and stuff, right? Um, and then, of course, other parts of the country really have been hit extremely hard with hot weather. Um, but uh, I generally enjoy it well, and I, I got to say, I'm, I'm realizing, okay, as we're getting towards, you know, um, you know, the, the fall and getting into that, um, I only have so much time to get into my, to enjoy my little seasonal habits. So as we've talked about before, I've got my list of summer movies and summer TV shows and programming and things like that, documentaries I like to watch, um, Endless Summer, um, you ever seen that surf documentary? You know, one of the kind of essentials for me every summer. Of course, I will only watch it in the summer, though. I'll never watch it in the winter. <laughs> By contrast, though, we'll watch, like, I love, um, um, oh, what's the name of it? The um, Oh, it's escaping me. But there's certain winter movies I'll watch, too. I'll never even think about watching them in the summer. So anyway, as we're getting kind of close to the fall, I'm like, well, I've got a little bit more Miami Vice to watch. <laughs> uh, silly things like that. No, for me, you know, as as a as somebody who grew up around the seasons, you know, I find a certain amount of comfort in, um, in, 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 in exploring nostalgia a little bit. And that's one of the things I do love about North Carolina. We do have enough of definable seasons where I can, I can still enjoy that. And a little bit of relief for you guys uh, who grew up down in Florida who didn't really know much about cool, cold seasons <laughs> and, right. and so forth. That. Now, uh, speaking of the fall and associations people have with the seasons, uh, a lot of people, when they think about the fall, they think about Holidays, Thanksgiving, they think also about elections, right? Election day, uh, general elections uh, taking place um, every year in some part of the country in November. And um, here, of course, in North Carolina, we do, even though it's an odd year, do have some elections that are going on this fall. And we do have some important changes that are uh, now in effect for elections going on across the state. And uh, to talk about this, there is nobody better to talk to than somebody who is joining us here in the studio for the second time on ARP Without Limits, uh, Karen Brinson-Bell, who is the Executive Director of North Carolina State Board of Elections. Karen, thanks so much for being with us. Glad to be with you again. Uh, we appreciate you coming back to the program. When we first had you on the show, which, by the way, happened to be our premier broadcast back in November of 2022, so congratulations. Um, we started back then talking about what the State Board of Election is, what it is, what it does. And for those who missed that show, who need to understand a bit of the basics, can we start there? What is the board, State Board of Elections, and what does it do? So the State Board of Elections is both a board and an agency of state government. So uh, I'm the executive director, so I have administrative oversight of the agency. I'm appointed by a five-member board. Um, who are appointed by the governor. Um, and they are, uh, the three are of the governor's party, and then two are of the next largest uh, political party in the state in their appointments. Um, and that process is done through the state political parties. Um, they meet in more of a quasi judicial role um, as needed and uh, periodically. Uh, so most recently they took up, you know, there was a petition for a new party in North Carolina, and so they had to be the one to finalize that. The No Rules Party. The or No, no labels, labels, rather. No Labels. Right, yeah. And so they finalized that after we, as the agency, administratively reviewed the petitions and the signatures and so forth. And, and so the oversight that we have at the state board is over all 100 county boards of elections. So every county also has a board and an administrative office that carries out 
voter registration, um, the conduct of the elections, so the training of the poll workers, locating the sites, um, you know, getting the ballots proofed and tested and ready to go, mm -hmm. and um, and then you know conducting the voting in our election season because it's not just one day. You know, we have absentee by mail, we have early voting, and we have election day, and then we certify all that. And so, you know, those are just part of the processes that we're doing. Um, in the election period, but in preparation for that election, maintaining the voter rolls. Um, you know, we also do a lot of geocode work um, because we have to deal with the maps and the new developments that come about and making sure that those um, folks who, re who move to those new neighborhoods are able to register and vote with those new neighborhoods. So um, it's a, there is a lot more to uh, the state board of elections, county board of elections, and just the whole election process than most folks realize. And we like to do things like this so that we can pull that curtain back and help people understand um, and be as transparent as possible about the processes that go on in North Carolina. And I'm, I'm really glad that you, you mentioned that point about transparency because there have been a lot of questions. And there is so much misinformation out there, right, about what the Board of Elections is and, you know, especially in the, the last, you know, few few years with that. And um, I know for me, when I think board, State Board of Elections, it's one of the things that you guys do that's so valuable is just simply having – you know, that one-stop shop to go to in terms of you have questions about registering to vote or where do I look up to vote or who are the candidates in the races. All that stuff is right on your website, right? Thank you. Um, we actually have worked very hard to create one of the most robust websites in the country. Um, we actually recently received a, a ranking for being the most transparent state board of elections mm. or, or state election agency in the country because we have more data publicly available uh, than any other state elections office. Um, but, you know, our website is the trusted source, and it is probably the best source for information. Um, there have been a lot of changes in election law. We're looking at some that may be ratified here very soon. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, you know, we, we do a lot to try to inform the public. But, you know, in this world where we live of you know, so many news sources and information sources, it's hard to break through sometimes. So being on programs like this is so helpful. Um, and we do a lot of press availability, press releases, social media. Um, so folks can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, um, or X, if that's what it is now, whatever right. um, that source is. And then our website, which is ncsbe.gov. Wonderful. And I have to say, it is a really, really helpful website. I had uh, not too long ago, somebody who moved and reached out to me and just had a simple question, you know, related to elections and, and even knowing what their, where their district was, who their representative was, and just simply being able to go to that website and just to be able to look up things so easily and quickly is incredibly, um, incredibly helpful. I want to jump ahead to a, a different question I have. After we get to after we get to our commercial break, I, you had alluded to certain things that are being considered in terms of changes and so forth. Of course, we've got voter ID, which is now the law of the land as well. We'll get into that after the break. But for those who are listening who have uh, questions about, um, you know, um, you know, how to register to vote or absentee ballots, um, is there a difference in whether they go to the state uh, website or whether they go to the county? Um, is there a preference or something that's easier for them to understand? You know, a lot of times, you know, we, we try to be the the broad source of information. So mm -hmm. okay, go to ncsbe.gov 
and they can get you know what the uniform processes of North Carolina are on our state board website. And then we have the direct contact information for the county boards so that they can, you know, they can register through our website, but they can also go directly to their counties. They make their request for an absentee ballot on our website, but they can also do that in their counties. And so, um, you know, that's another you know, trusted source of information is their county website. Okay. Well, that is very good uh, to know because um, I know with, you know, there's so much confusion out there unnecessarily, unfortunately. It seems like back, Jason, and I'm sure you've, you've seen this too with the various guests that you have, it seems like the more information that's out there, the more outlets that are out there, um, the more confusing things get, right? And then you factor in things like AI and stuff that's going on now and things get even more confusing in terms of people not being able to distinguish what's real from what's not. And for me, though, it's always like get back to the basics. Let's like look to the people who are in charge of this stuff to you know, present us the information yeah. that, that we need. And they'll let us know if it's incomplete information yeah. or not or where it can be improved. But uh, let's, you know, when in doubt, go to the basics, you yeah. know, um, to be able to to find that. So that's really helpful. When we come back, folks, uh, we're going to dig into voter ID, uh, voter ID and uh, some other important issues that um, voters do need to know about as we go into elections this fall. This is AARP Without Limits. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is AARP Without Limits. Folks, we always like to hear from you. Please, if you have a suggestion for a future topic or uh, guest for our program, please send us an email, AARP Without Limits at AARP.org. We love hearing from you always. Uh, today, we've been speaking with the executive, the executive director of the New North Carolina State Board of Elections, Karen Brinson-Bell. Uh, Karen, before the break, we were talking just basics about what the Board of Elections is and what it does. Uh, a lot's changed since we last had you on this show back in, uh, in November of 2022. Um, we have a new uh, uh, we had a voter ID law back then that was still caught up in the courts, and now there's been some resolution on that. We have changes coming possibly with, with absentee voting, certainly some changes since COVID. Um, and then also some possible changes regarding state and legislative uh, districts and things like that. So please, just for folks who don't pay attention to this stuff like you do, generally what, what's, what's changed in the last, say, nine months? Yes, there's been a good bit of change. Uh, at the end of April, the state Supreme Court made a decision uh, in three particular lawsuits, um, one pertaining to voter ID, one pertaining to felon voting rights, um, and then another pertaining to redistricting. Um, redistricting is uh, short and simple. Uh, they, there was already this plans that we would have new congressional maps uh, in, in 2020. For 2022, or excuse me, 2024, um, we did that in 2022. But there will be new maps. Um, we are, even though it's usually only every 10 years. There, the court decision also means that we may see new House, state House, and Senate maps as well. The legislature hasn't taken that up. They're planning a special session in October uh, to address those, and so we'll implement those in time for candidate filing in December, mm -hmm. um, and, and move into our primaries and statewide elections. Uh, next year in 2024. Uh, the one pertaining to felon voting rights just says that someone must have completed their sentence and probation and parole and post-release supervision before they are able to register to vote. And there have been de different decisions on that, but that's now where we are. 
Um, and then the third and the most impactful to the voters, uh, all voters, is the decision on photo ID. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, it's been enjoined since 2019, and we are now, in, there was there was no, uh, it's, it's an immediate impact, um, immediate implementation. So um, we started absentee voting for the municipal election in uh, that are taking place in Mecklenburg and Lee County right now, uh, city of Charlotte, city of Sanford. Um, and so uh, August 11th, the first absentee ballots went out, and so we have photo ID in effect. Um, the, the thing that folks need to know is that when they present themselves to vote, either during early voting or on election day, they will need to show photo ID. If they choose to vote absentee by mail, they need to provide a photocopy of their ID. Mm-hmm. For most voters, these IDs are your driver's license. Um, and if someone uh, is is elderly and does not have a driver's license any longer, as long as their uh, license had not expired when they were 65 years old, they can still show that license. They don't have to have a current license as long as it was valid when they were 65. But there are a lot of forms of ID that we're able to accept. Um, They can go to their county boards of elections and actually have a voter ID made, Mm -hmm. um, and and that can be used. Um, They also have the option to complete uh, an exception form where they, they have a reasonable uh, uh, exception as to why they can't. The law outlined um, a whole multitude. They don't have transportation. Um, they may have a religious objection, or there may have been a natural disaster. But there's a, a list that they can do um, and, and provide to us um, an exception when they vote, either in person or absentee by mail as well. So the reality is, as folks need to know, these are changes that have happened, but these um, there there is built in to make sure that when someone wants to vote, that they're able to vote. And we will see that through. Mm-hmm. And, and as I understand, like you mentioned before, the exceptions that were, as I understand, there were there have been some different drafts of how, like what those exceptions are and how they appear on the ballot, right? Um, like if it's too ambiguous, um, um you know, I think there was something about a checkbox about like, you know, you're, you were unaware that this was a requirement, you know, and like that being removed and things like that. I suspect there, there may be some more changes to the, the ballot in between what's going out now and what might go out, say, during the primaries. Well, it, it's really the instructions on photo ID and that exception mm-hmm. form, not so much the ballot. Oh, right, um, right, right, right. right. <laughs> but, okay, okay. Um, but yes, uh, the board adopted uh, a form and mm-hmm. on that are a series of things that the law allows for someone to say, you know, I didn't have adequate t- transportation um, mm-hmm. to to get to the the to the, an ID made, um, and there was going to be the option of I wasn't aware. Um, but public comment and discussions with the legislature, we changed the form. There is an other option, and so someone may choose to do that and um, and and list that. But for the most part, it's you know just these you know few reasons that they weren't able to get an ID in time. Um, things like transportation, or it's a religious objection, or uh, if we're in a situation of a natural disaster that's been declared, um, then someone affected by that uh, could also um, Mm -hmm. not need to show ID. Right. Uh, One of the things for AARP, now, of course, we don't endorse candidates with a political action committee or or anything like that. Um, What we do around elections is primarily is, is letting people know, you know, 
where to vote, how to vote, that that type of thing. And certainly this is going to be a part of our voter engagement work uh, this year and next year is letting people know this is now a requirement. Aside from doing radio shows like ARP Without Limits, um, what are other ways that, that the, the Board of Elections is helping get the word out so people are aware? We're, we're sort of limited right now. We mm-hmm. have an ask in the budget process to to get some substantial funding. There's some language in a, a bill that may be ratified um, that says that we will do a robust education campaign. But until they pass a budget, we actually mm. don't have the funding for it. So right now we are reliant upon doing civic presentations, doing podcasts, social media, uh, our website, um, you know, different groups and, and media outlets that will sit down and, and interview us or have us speak. So, um, you know, but but luckily, you know, I think with the municipal elections, it gives us a little chance of a smaller group of voters that we can introduce this to, see how we need to adjust our education efforts or our training efforts for our poll workers mm-hmm. and, and county board members. Um, and then as we move into this really big election in 2024, um, to be better, better prepared. And I feel like we will see some um, funding to do more outreach where hopefully we can do billboards or mailings or maybe even TV, radio, mm-hmm. um, just depending on you know what comes through from the from the legislature. Right. Yeah, and that was actually one of my questions. To what extent are we looking at this as almost like a test run for, you know, next year, next year being a much bigger election year, obviously, with, with all these these races taking place. It's it probably a, probably don't want to call yeah. it that, but in a way it's like, well, you're you're gonna learn from what you can be from this experience so you can do it better next year. Yeah. Right? It's not, you know, it's, it's not a test run. It is an effect, but mm-hmm. yes, we do get to see it at a little bit uh, more measurable and manageable stat status. Um, we have municipal elections in almost 500 uh, municipalities. 83 counties will conduct municipal elections this fall. Um, depending on the makeup of the town charter or city charter, uh, it may mean an election in September, which is election day September 12th. It might be October, where they have an election and runoff method. So that would be October 10th for those municipalities. And November 7th is also municipal election day for some other municipalities. So we have a great interactive map that if voters want to go on to ncsbe.gov, they can figure out if they are a registered voter in a municipality, must be a resident of a municipality, not just the mailing purposes or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. registered voter of a municipality. And then they can use the interactive map to see what is their election day, depending upon their town charter. Great. Thank you so much for all this information. And we're definitely going to have to have you back. Um, uh, Maybe not this fall, but certainly as I'd say probably when we're approaching the primaries uh, next year um, in in the spring um, to be informing people about other changes and we'll likely have new maps and things like that, which will be another source of confusion for people. Happy to be on. There's a lot to discuss still. There, there always is. And remember, not everybody pays attention to this stuff like like we do, like you do, especially. Most people live in their lives and, you know, they're not paying attention. Sometimes they, they find out kind of last minute. That, and they uh, don't know when they've lived in another state. North Carolina is one of the fastest growing states in the country. And so if you've lived elsewhere, retired here, you know, make sure you know how things work in North Carolina. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being our guest, Karen Brinson-Belgan, the executive executive director of the North Carolina Board of Elections. Uh, thank you to David Kong for production. Thank you for listening, folks. This has been AARP Without Limits. This is Mike Olander signing off.